Hi there, this is Nicolette Richet, your host of the Eat Real to Heal podcast. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with a chronic degenerative disease and you've tried everything, every diet, therapy, medication, surgery, treatment, and you still can't get results, then this is the podcast for you. My guests, the research that we present, and my personal stories of helping hundreds of clients cancel surgeries, get off prescription medications, and even reverse their debilitating illnesses will inspire you to reclaim your health and to take back your life. Everything you learned in this podcast is about using organic, plant-strong, whole foods as medicine to reverse hundreds of so-called incurable chronic degenerative diseases. This podcast is a mix of real healing hero stories and in-depth conversations with leading scientists and doctors in the nutritional medicine realm. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Hi everyone, I'm Nicolette Richet, CEO of The Green Mustache and CEO of Richer Health Consulting, and I'm here today with Alexander Franson, the gorgeous, amazing, stunning, smart, sophisticated entrepreneur um, of the decade, I, in my opinion. Uh, I absolutely love Alex, and I'm going to tell you all about how I met her and when I um, got the amazing opportunity to join her in a retreat and pretty much how all of her support and encouragement and her free tools online and her incredible resources that she offers has helped us with our business tremendously. So you're going to hear about how she became an entrepreneur, the book that she has out, as well as so many wonderful things about the transition from working for someone else to pretty much launching on to her own um, her own, she created her own everything, um, which you can learn from. So hi, Alex. Thank you for being here today with me. Thank you for having me. I always love chatting with you and I wish we lived in the same city so we can hang out in real life more often. It's so great to see your face. And thanks for the super generous introduction. I feel like, whoa, whoa, like let's reduce the expectations a little bit. You, you live up to those expectations. So literally, I could not have done it justice, that introduction, I promise you. So before we jump in, just to let everyone know who might be new and a new listener, um, The Green Mustache. What's The Green Mustache? It is a chain of 100% organic, plant-based, gluten-free, vegan, highly nutrient-dense um, cafes and we have eight of them we just launched a new one in north vancouver we are also franchising and amazingly enough and something that alex i don't know if you know or not but i'm going to china in june and because the chinese health authorities and center for chronic disease control have invited us there to talk about what would it look like to bring healthy food to china so bye-bye fast food chains hello healthy cafes so um, jump onto our website if you want to learn about green mustache and how you can bring health to your community as well, you can reach out through our websites um, at Richer Health Consulting, at Richer Health Retreat Center. Um, we'll have all the links and everything. You can access those. You'll be able to find us. But if you are suffering from cancer or a chronic degenerative disease, which is a lifestyle disease, you can connect with us and we can teach you how to use food as medicine so you can actually reverse those diseases. 
chronic degenerative diseases, 99% of them are lifestyle-based. They're not genetic, so they can be reversed through making changes to your lifestyle. Diet is responsible for about 90% of that. So let us help you get healthy to live a super incredible, optimum health lifestyle so you feel vibrant, so you can do things like Alex is doing. Um, so let's jump into what you do, Alex. So if you can let us know um, what it is that you do in the world. Yeah, I am a writer. I've been a professional writer for pretty much my entire career. Um, so I started out as a student journalist in college. Then I went on to work for a radio company. Um, then I became a freelance writer. And about eight years ago, a little over eight years ago, I decided to become self-employed. And I will say, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more later, I didn't really think of myself as an entrepreneur at that time. Um, I was more just like, I hate working in a cubicle. I want to be self-employed. I want to do something related to writing and creativity and art. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but I'm just going to try a bunch of stuff and see what works. And gradually over the years, uh, really through trial and error, I've been able to put together, um, you know, a, a real business with me at the center. So I do um, copywriting and ghostwriting and editing projects for clients, for companies like yours and for individual people as well. I do writing coaching. I write books of my own. Um, I've collaborated with really cool artists to create products in the past, like paintings and magnets and jewelry with, with words and poems on them. I teach writing. I lead writing retreats. So I do a whole bunch of different things, all related to um, helping people express themselves and tell beautiful stories that, that change the world. So that's where I am today, but it, it definitely was a journey <laughs> to, to find clarity about what I wanted to do and to get here. And it's still ongoing. So and one thing I love about your writing style as well is that you like to keep things super short and simple and say exactly just what needs to be said and let's leave out all the other fluff and jargon and um, the complexity that can sort of make us feel like, whoa, what, I, I don't even know what that person just said or what they're talking about and what's the point of this. And it's the one part I absolutely love about your writing is that the simplicity of it as well. Um, and is that something you know, that mimics who you are and simplicity in your life? And how did you get to that style of writing? Like, was that something you chose or did that, was that just who you were and you decided to offer that gift to the world? You know, it's an interesting thing. And in a, in a funny way, it ties into health and wellness because um, when I was very, very, very young, like three, four, five years old, my mom started doing yoga with me and my brother and, and later my little sister. So we were all practicing yoga as kids. And then when I became a teenager, um, I really started to take yoga more seriously. And when I was a teenager, yoga was starting to become, you know, kind of mainstream, at least on the West Coast of North America, where all the cool people are. Um, but it wasn't like super popular yet. It wasn't like today where there's a yoga studio on every corner. Um, but I think really by practicing yoga for, I mean, almost my entire life, it really instilled in me a sense of how powerful it is to set a clear intention for what you want to do, what you want to say, how you want to show up in the world, how you want to 
influence the people around you. And although I don't think I quite realized it earlier in my life, I do think that that has informed the way I write and communicate. So when I sit down to write, um, I always set an intention of how I want my reader to feel, what I want them to know, what I want them to do, to be inspired to do after reading a story or an article or book that I've written. So um, for me, uh, brevity is part of that because I really want to just get to the thrust in the heart of what I want to say as quickly as possible um, and respect people's time, which interestingly is also a yogic concept. Um, if you study the, the yamas and niyamas of yogic philosophy, there's this phrase, uh, asteya, and asteya is Sanskrit and it means non-stealing. So not stealing people's possessions, not stealing people's money, but also not stealing people's time or energy. So being respectful of the people around you and, and getting to the point so that people can get on with their day. So that's kind of a roundabout way of saying, um, you know, yeah, my writing style has changed over time and it's evolved, but it all circles back to me to try to set a clear and positive intention and then writing from that place, writing with intention and purpose. And I love that because I think in this world of, you know, we have so much going on on political levels, environmental, environmentally, what's happening, you know, on a global scale with, you know, businesses and how entrepreneurs are, are out in the world trying to find themselves. And we get a lot of investors that approach us for our business. And it's interesting because even after 30 years of running their business and they're retired and they have this money to invest, the thing that they said to me is that they just realize now that you can choose to run your business with intention. And so what they want to do is give back to those businesses that are being led by their values and their principles and their, um, and which I think is interesting. It takes, you know, it's taken probably this latest generation, you know, the baby boomers to realize that you can actually operate from that place within. So um, yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, so one thing I want to talk about is, how you did jump from working for others um, and really how did you leave that behind and jump into working for yourself? Because I know for myself, I remember when that defining moment hit um, and it was where I actually couldn't physically operate. My body couldn't operate to write another government report, to write another policy paper. And I would go to work and sit there and look at my computer and say, what is wrong? But I mean, all these ideas of businesses that I want to start had been percolating and I knew I didn't want to behave like that. I wanted to behave in this new way. And really it meant that I had to be my own boss. I had to be self-employed. And you have such an incredible story about that. In your book, You Are Going to Survive, which I also want to talk about how you wrote this book, because I think it is a really very, it's a very cool way people, we have a book coming out as well. And everybody, I must tell you, it was Alex that helped make that magic happen. It was picked up by Mango Publishing. Um, and it was really, um, we had this manuscript that was written. I'm going to tell you that, how we put that together in um, another story, another video, another time. But um, it is pretty amazing how the different ways that you can produce work and put it out into the world. So you have a pretty magic story about that as well with this book. So, but let's go back to that day when you decided to work for yourself and what that looked like. Ooh, so Nikki, much like you, um, 
I really was spurred into, into self-employment because I was miserable and because I was really feeling um, negative effects in my mental health and my physical health. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's an unfortunate thing that human beings, so often we wait until things are really, really, really bad before we are motivated to make a change in our career and our relationship with our diet, with our health. I'm sure you see this all the time. All the time, um, have I, to I, hit rock bottom. Yeah, so I mean, honestly for me, it was that. I kind of did hit a rock bottom point. And the short story is after graduating from college, I, I felt pretty clear that I wanted to work in some kind of field related to writing, communication, media, that type of thing. And I was very fortunate. I got a great job working for a big public broadcasting company. So on paper, it was sort of like, wow, you know, what a dream opportunity. Here I am, 21, 22 years old. I'm working for one of the top public radio companies in the whole country. You know, I've got a great boss who really is, is, believes in me and I'm, I could, I worked there for several years and I kept getting promoted and getting new opportunities and, you know, things were kind of just on a track and I could very much see myself, you know, staying at that company five, 10, 15, 20 years. There were a lot of people who worked there for their life. Um, but something didn't quite feel right. And it was very tricky at first to put my finger on what it was. Um, but after several years there, I mean, there, I remember it vividly. Like there was this one day where everyone else had gone home at the end of the day and I was working late because I'm an overachiever. So I was there, you know, at like 8 PM at night and nobody was there except for the, the cleaning crew and, and some of the night staff. And I just, in that moment, I was in my cubicle on my computer and I just felt this overwhelming feeling of exhaustion mm -hmm. and I felt so trapped. And I just felt like, this isn't my dream. This isn't my dream life. And I, I got under my desk and I curled up into a little ball. And I told myself, I'm just going to rest my eyes and take a nap. <laughs> but instead, I just started to cry. And I felt like, I felt so many emotions. I felt frustrated. I felt like, I felt guilt. Like, why aren't I happy? I should be happy. I should feel lucky and blessed to have this kind of job, but I just wasn't. And I think what it really boiled down to once I started to kind of unpack what was going on is I didn't feel creative and I didn't feel fully alive. Um, even though my job did involve some writing, it was usually very dry technical writing. I was writing manuals for the broadcast operations department, or I was writing, you know, um, emails or, or financial related. I mean, it was, it was very dry. It was very, it wasn't super creative or artistic. Um, and it just felt very monotonous. It was, you know, go into the cubicle, stay for eight hours, go home, work out, go to sleep. It was just, it wasn't for me. So, um, much like you, it, it did get to that rock bottom moment where I was literally in a fetal position crying under my desk. And, and I realized, I think something needs to change. Um, then I think the universe sort of gave me a little nudge. Uh, what happened was I was invited to apply for another promotion, another position that would have been like a new department, a new boss, way more money within the same company. I applied. I didn't get it. And when Jeff, 
uh, told me, you know, you're not getting the job, I started to cry. And I mean, like sobbing in front of my coworker. It was so embarrassing and horrible, but it was like, it, it was like my body was breaking down. Like I just couldn't stop it. And after that moment, that was kind of like the final straw where I realized this environment isn't right for me. And this is someone's dream job, but it's not mine. And I need to try something else. And I don't know what it's going to be. And I'm really scared. And I don't really have a plan. But I'm going to give myself one year and try to figure out how to make a living as, as a self-employed writer. And if at the end of one year, it's a total disaster and I've burned through my savings and I'm living in a box on the street, like I can always get another job. I can become a bartender. I mean, I can do whatever. But I just felt like I, I owe it to myself to at least try for a year and, and see where it goes. So that was my sort of awkward, bumpy um, entrance into being self-employed. That is an incredible story. And there's so many parallels between um, your story and my story because it was exactly the same thing. And I actually physically did get sick. I would show up at work in the morning at 8.30, you know, sit in my cubicle in a really great job. Like I actually went and did my master's specifically so I could land this job. And so we spent a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of late nights writing papers um, with my 11 month old, you know, that's when I started. And I get this job and literally three days in, I knew it was not the right job for me. And meanwhile, six years went by. And by the end of the six years, like I even had another baby, went on mat leave, and I swore I would never go back. And I did go back. And that was interesting because the day I went back to my office, same office, nothing's changed. Um, I, and my throat used to actually close up with mucus. And I couldn't talk. And I had to do a lot of speaking as part of my job. Um, and I couldn't, um, and I couldn't understand it. I would sometimes sneeze like 27 times in a row, um, which was, I mean, I've never really sneezed even two times in a row before. And this went on for an entire year. And I had like the walls checked. I had the, you know, for mold. I had like literally thought, well, there must be a cleaning product that they're using. And there was nothing. And even the doctor said like, we don't understand where this allergic reaction is coming from. And when I yeah. finally accepted that I, I was allergic to my work and <laughs> I decided to quit, it actually all cleared up. And when I looked back and I remembered, like my husband would say, you know, when I would leave work and get home, I didn't have this like clogged throat of mucus and I didn't have, you know, wasn't sneezing uncontrollably. So I think even on a physical level, it, it gets us an emotional level, physical, spiritual, everything. So, but there's also a beauty, I think, in when you hit that rock bottom place too, and, you know, it's kind of like the lotus flower in the mud, like you are in the depths and the thick of it. Um, and really, sometimes, I don't know, I really wish people wouldn't have to go to that level um, and that they could learn from your story and my story and check in with themselves more often and really decide what they what they want to do in the world. And that's what I love about the work that you do is you give these beautiful writing exercises and journaling exercises to people to make those discoveries so they don't hopefully have to hit that rock bottom place that, you know, you and I did hit. So here you are, you've created your business. It's, I'm, I'm going to use the word from the outside as being successful. Do you love what you do? I do. Yeah, I, I really do. do. Um, it's interesting though, because I, I feel like things are always evolving, you know, and, and five years from now, I'm sure my career will look 
a bit different than it does today. Mm -hmm. um, there's always some new project that's interesting me or some new challenge to unravel, but I can honestly say I love my life. I love my work. I feel like I am much more aligned with, um, I'm, I guess you could say my potential. I, you probably feel the same way. I feel like in my previous career, I wasn't really realizing my potential. I was kind of hiding. Um, and now I feel like I'm maybe not fully realizing it, but I'm, I'm much closer in the right direction. And that feels really good. Do you feel the same way? Totally feel the same way. And that's where I feel that with being an entrepreneur and working for myself is that when I do feel that, that new idea or that new gift that I have, or maybe a higher level of potential come up, I get to actually experiment with it and try it out and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. You like massage it and then you can sometimes make it work or you go, you know what, that wasn't the right time or the right place. I'm going to try something different. But yeah, you can, it's really being working for yourself allows you to do that. It allows you to put your gifts into the world and then see what comes of it. And I'm pretty sure like yourself though, once you think it and then you act on it and you put it out into the world, I would probably guess more times than not, just by putting it out into the world, it does become successful. You know, other people get to pick up those gifts that you're putting out and then you realize like, wow, more often than not, it, it works out just by being able to just do it. Yeah, and that's interesting you mentioned like the freedom to just take an idea and run with it because that is probably one of my favorite things about being a self-employed artist entrepreneur. And it was also one of the most frustrating things about the previous chapter of my career. Because I remember, you know, going into the office and like, um, and that's just one example. We had this like really, really outdated software that we used to do this one very specific task of scheduling promotional spots, like kind of like commercials at various points during each radio hour. And the software was horrible and it was just, it never worked. It was clunky, it was awful. And like, I had to use it every day and every day I was like, why can't we just invest in some new software? Why do we even use this at all? Like surely there's another way, but it was like every time I, I would present an idea of how we could improve this thing, it was like, oh, well, we don't have the budget. Oh, well, then that would affect this department. Oh, we'd have to get that approved by this person and this person and this person and this person. And it was like, it just felt like there were so many layers of impediment and red tape between taking a great idea and just doing it. And it used to really frustrate me. And it, over time, I just felt so defeated and so tired, you know, and flash forward to being self-employed. Yeah. Now one of the greatest joys is that you know, you can get an idea for an article that you want to write and you can write it and post it and out it goes. Or you can get an idea for a podcast or an audio book that you want to create and you can plug a microphone into your computer and record it and post it and out it goes. And it's, there's, there's so much more um, speed and efficiency and freedom between, um, the, you know, the, the distance between the idea and the finished product is, is so much more minimal uh, and so much more controlled by you. And I find that so exciting and so inspiring. And um, yeah, it is really like probably one of the most exciting things to me about the career that I do have today. 
Yeah. And I, I agree with all of those things. And I would say to anybody who's listening and watching, if you do feel like you have gifts that you want to put into the world, I know at the end of the day, coming home from work, when you're feeling like, you know, defeated and deflated um, because you don't get to put out your ideas in action, you could do what Alex did and give yourself that time limit and say, you know what, I'm going to give myself this time to see if I can build this business. And then if it works, great, I can, you know, quit my job or I can quit my job first and then go and try it. But without giving yourself those, setting those goals and those intentions and saying, okay, I'm going to do that and then test yourself along the way. Do I like being an entrepreneur? Do I like these ideas that I'm working on? Um, discard, bring something else in. But until you do that, you're never going to realize um, what you're capable of. And so, you know, the way that I, and I did exactly the same thing. I took our life savings and I said, okay, and it wasn't very much. And I said, okay, I'm going to try and build this restaurant and see if it's going to work. And I had six months to do this in. And that was my time limit. And I did it literally right down to the very last penny where I didn't even have enough money to pay our first payroll check. And thank goodness the money came through like 12 hours before the checks went out. But, you know, it was stressful. But at the same time, you know, being a problem solver and getting out there and having to figure your way through this stuff actually gave me energy. It was like, it would keep me up at night and make me go, okay, how am I going to get through this? As opposed to, how am I going to get through this? And so it was very much uplifting, which I'm sure you've experienced as well. And really, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I oh, got really excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, jump in. I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that when you decided to start your first restaurant, um, that it was hard and you went through your savings and you were down to that last penny and, and there was sacrifice and risk, emotional and financial risk involved in that. Because I, I think, and this kind of ties into the book that I released recently called You're Going to Survive. I think as entrepreneurs and just as people in general, we don't talk enough about the like, oh, bleep, panic moments that often happen behind the scenes in every business, in every career. Um, you know, similarly, when I decided to quit my job at the radio station and become self-employed, I gave myself four months to save up as much money as I possibly could so that I had like a little bit of a safety net and my salary was very small, so it was not much that I could save. Um, I sold furniture, I got a roommate, I unfortunately racked up some credit card debt. Like I, I, I did whatever I had to do to make that big leap in my career because I felt like I just, I have to do this. Like I have to go all in and really try. Um, and, and it was scary that I, I remember one moment about six months after I decided to quit my job and I was freelancing and, and the clients were not there. You know, I didn't have a lot of work lined up. No one knew I existed. I didn't have a big online platform. I was, I was just starting and my mortgage was due. And I remember looking at my bank account and I had like literally just enough to pay to make that mortgage payment. But like, but that's it. Like, unless I was able to line up some new clients really quickly. So, you know, th these moments, it, what I'm getting at is anyone watching this, if you have moments in your business, in your career, where you feel frightened, where, where money is so tight, where, you know, you pitch a client and they never respond, where you just feel like, why is this happening to me? I really want people to know that you're not 
alone and this is normal and you will survive it and you will build so much resilience and so much belief in yourself and in your ability to take care of yourself um, and so much resourcefulness by getting through these difficult patches. You will survive, you will survive. You just need to keep marching forward and taking that next step, whatever it may be. Um, but please know that nothing's wrong with you and you're not alone because every entrepreneur has some version of that same story. It may not always be you know, money related, but every entrepreneur has like a, oh my God, why is this happening to me moment as part of their story. Yeah, and yeah. it's so true. Like we could actually, I, even just between you and I, not to mention the thousands of other entrepreneurs out there, we could have a podcast literally dedicated to those stories, which looking back, yeah. they're hilarious, right? You're like, really, did I put myself in that position? Yes, I did. Just literally to keep the business going or to launch it or to take it to the next level. I mean, everyone has those stories. And already when you were speaking, I mean, I have a thousand that are percolating just from five years of, you know, being in business for myself. So I love that. And so I want to talk about the book because that was a great segue into this book, You Are Going to Survive. So only because I scheduled this interview and then last night my six-year-old told me because I missed an email that her Mayfair parade is today at school. We're going to cut this interview short. I mean, I could speak to you for hours, you know, about, I mean, everything we've talked about and so much more as well. I mean, there's the fact that you and your um, partner, your fiance, is your, is Brandon your fiance? My boyfriend. My boyfriend. I couldn't remember if I saw some email. He's, he's your partner, your partner in crime. I know that for sure. And he, and you two started a restaurant. So, you know, we could talk about that forever. And I do want to get into that in our, another interview that we are going to schedule um, for some time soon. So we can, cause you have brilliant stories from that as well, but about your book. So a lot of people think you need to be a writer to write a book. And I think this book is an example of how you can put a book out into the world. Um, based on other people's stories as well, which I've seen, um, you know, Nancy Friday, if anybody knows who that is, go Google that, go Google that series, you'll laugh and um, you might want to purchase them. Great for your sex life. But anyway, she put her books out into the world in a very similar way that you did, um, which I thought was brilliant. So can you tell us how you did that? Because this is such a beautiful book about um, people who did put their, their necks out. Ooh, there's an echo coming. They put their necks out. They, um, they jumped into the world. Jumped into the world. And got a technical malfunction. This is coming back to me now. Let's see if we can fix that. Let's see if we can fix that. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to let you talk about the book. My voice doesn't come back. Bounce back at me while you're chatting. Perfect. Yeah. So this book, you're going to survive was inspired by a really difficult moment in my career. Um, a couple of years ago, my, my sweetheart, Brandon, who's a chef, decided that he wanted to open his first restaurant. And I said, I'll help you. And for the first um, year or two, we ran it together. We, you know, He was in the back cooking the food and, and I was serving and hostessing and waitressing and you know, doing all kinds of other stuff in the front of the house. And, we, we kind of got this little baby restaurant off the ground and it has grown into something much bigger today and I'm not really involved anymore. But at the beginning, I was. And after we got our very first really, really negative Yelp review, um, I felt 
really crushed. And I, I tried to be strong and I, I tried to tell myself, like, it's just one review, don't worry about it. But the reality is um, criticism is hard. And especially when it's public criticism that's just out there on the internet for all to see, it can rattle your confidence, um, even if you are typically a very confident person. So after that review came out, it was kind of an opportunity to do some soul searching. And I realized that I was feeling kind of alone. I was feeling isolated. So I reached out to all kinds of friends and colleagues, some entrepreneurs and some not, all different kinds of careers and industries. And I asked my friends, do you have a story for me about a really rock bottom, difficult, hard, discouraging moment in your career? Because I'd love to hear it because <laughs> I want to feel less alone. And, and could you tell me that story and tell me what happened and how you felt and also what you learned in the process? And my friends were so generous and, and an email started pouring in and everyone had a story of some kind or another. And I decided at first to create just like a little ebook, kind of a collection of some of these stories. And then later I, I thought to myself, you know, I think, I think this wants to be a, a book book, a, a bigger book with a combination of true stories from my own life and career, but also stories from a lot of other people. So yeah, the book is kind of 50-50. It's, it's sort of like half me sharing my experiences, and then the other half is interviews, conversations, um, stories that I collected from people through face-to-face -face conversations on the phone, on Skype, via email, where they share their sort of, oh my God, I didn't think I could survive moment and how they got through it and what they learned. Um, I'm really happy that I put the book together that way because, um, you know, I think it's, it's more interesting to hear these kinds of stories from a variety of people, from a variety of careers, rather than just for me. Um, so it was great. And it also, yeah, it meant that the, I, w I didn't have to carry the entire book, all 300 and whatever pages, all by myself. It was, it was sort of a collaborative art project in a way, which was really yeah. beautiful and enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. And and voice is back. So I can't oh let me no. figure out. Oh, I think it's all fixed. Amazing. Um no. and one thing that I love about the book as well, because I mean it is written, it, it's your voice. You collected these stories, you put it together. Um, your brilliant writing style shows through in the fact that you know you get to the point, it's beautiful, it's simple, and I love that it's for a multitude of audiences, like it's a perfect book for, you know, 19 year old, 18 year old students going off to university for the first time, you know, to read this and to go, right, I'm going to have, you know, a complexity of experiences in life and chances are I'm going to survive every single one of them. And it's almost the measure that I use with any time I have an idea and I want to go through with it or a project that I'm working on is I often ask myself, what is the worst that can happen? And when you read the stories in this book, you know, you could never imagine those things happening to you. But what's beautiful is every single story at the end of the day shows that those people, number one, they get through it. They learn a ton about themselves. They grow, they solve the problem. And you know what, for me, my gauge, and I know this sounds morbid, but my gauge for should I move forward on that project? You know, what's the worst can that, that can happen? Well, I'm not going to die. 
if I put myself out there, if I put myself in the craziest, most vulnerable positions, you know what? I'm not going to die. And so therefore, that's my launch pad for going, let's give it a try. Let's go out in there. And what you see in this book, like it's just such a beautiful book, um, which is also perfect for the 40 something year old. Like often, you know, people in their 40s, they've had their babies um, and often they're reinventing themselves and they're often wanting to do something with their lives. So it's perfect for the 40 year old and it's perfect for the 60 year old to learn, you know, that they're retired and where are they going to go next? What are they going to do? And so you have to put yourself in to the world in a different way and guess what no matter what you're going to survive so the lesson that's to be learned from this book is just do it just go out there and do what your heart calls what your mind calls and test it try it and if it doesn't work you know what you're still going to thrive and survive which is what i love yeah. so much about your book um absolutely yeah thank you yeah. for saying and that is the message that i want to share because when something rough is happening in your career it can feel like the world is ending and we, we lose our sense of perspective sometimes and we feel like one negative Yelp review just means doomed and it's not the case. You know, you, you, it feels awful in the moment, but you will get through it and you will survive and you'll emerge so much stronger and wiser on the other side. And yes, probably 10 years from now, you may even laugh about what happened, <laughs> just as you and I can kind of uh, have a sense of humor about that era in our careers when we were like crying at work or sneezing at work <laughs> or allergic to work. Um, it becomes sort of darkly funny in retrospect. <laughs> Yeah, and it really does because that's the beauty about the human mind is we tend to see the best in situations afterwards. Um, we, you know, so that's a beautiful thing about um, the work that you're doing, Alex, is putting those stories out for pe so people can learn from them. And, you know, I encourage you, everyone who's listening, put yourself out there and allow yourself to collect these stories because, like I said, they'll make you stronger, they'll make you braver, they'll make you bolder. Um, and then you can contribute those stories to maybe a second edition of You're Going to Survive for Alex or you know maybe a future project of your own now I do want to get into so many things but there is something that I would love uh, for everybody to know about Alex and that is that she doesn't do social media which is really interesting and we're not going to get into it now but I want to leave that as you know maybe you know some bait for the next interview because in this world where every entrepreneurial workshop and series is telling you how to be better at social media we have somebody here who runs a beautiful business um, and she doesn't engage in social media so I hope we can do another interview soon Alex where we can really just talk about what that means in 2018 to run a business without social media which I I think it's phenomenal and there's a yeah, couple things to, to talk about it for sure and I think it's it ties so much also into the other work that you do about health and wellness mental health physical health um, social media is beautiful and I think that if you love it and it brings joy to your life you should absolutely use it but um, I also think that it's optional not mandatory and I, I think that's something that in our culture we kind of forgotten so yeah i would love to have another chat with you about social media and and i love that word optional because in this world life is about making choices and at the end of the day most things are optional we can choose one thing over another um and we don't always have to um you know follow in the direction that everybody tells you like this is the way to do business or this is the way to live life or to be a parent or to do anything really um a few more things about alex that i just want to share with you um i did this incredible retreat with alex down in hawaii in it was january i 
believe was it, it was January. Yeah, it was so fun. Mm-hmm. So much fun. The most incredible retreat that I've been to. Every attention to detail was just gorgeous. The food was amazing. We did yoga every day. And it was a writing retreat where you came and showed up with a project for either your life or your work that you wanted to work on. And so every day we did incredible writing. And I mean, I'm a tough cookie, a tough nut to crack when it comes to writing because it's been my nemesis for so long, my entire life. But Alex has this gift of being able to pull the writer out from within you, even in the depths where mine hides. And so it was such an incredible retreat for that. And you know what was amazing about the retreat is on the very last day, Every single participant said, sign me up again. So we're all going to be going back next year in January. And that I think is unheard of in the world of retreats where every single person says, we're going to do it. And that was it. We, you know, started. um, So where everybody's coming back, I think. Um, And we're bringing friends. So it's going to be so exciting. So we'll talk about your retreats in the next interview, which I would love to do. And then the last thing is, is what is um, that we'll chat about at another time, but everybody should know is that um, Alex is booked up for the next year, I do believe. Um, but she also does writing works with you and your business um, and or personal projects to help you through any kind of writing projects that you have. And so get on her mailing list, listen or watch her website because she's always putting out incredible resources, free resources that have helped so much. And so get on her website and download, download those, start writing today and then get on her mailing list so that you can sign up for when she finally will have availability in about a year from now to work with you. So thanks so much, Alex, for taking the time for this interview. I'm sorry to have to cut it short, but um, we are going to jump on a call again because there's so much more that I want to chat with you about. I would love that. And I hope you have so much fun at your daughter's parade. What a fun reason to end an interview. (laughs) It is a fun reason to do it as well. And go have fun with your amazing puppy. We both have puppies who are so adorable and literally the light of our lives. So yeah, go have fun. Enjoy this incredible, amazing day. And we are going to connect again soon. Bye. AlexanderFranson.com, everyone. Get on her website. Love you all. Have an amazing day. Bye, Alex. for being here today hope you enjoyed this episode and please let us know if you have any questions or if you want to provide feedback on any of our shows contact us by emailing us at info at richerhealth.ca and you can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive information about our upcoming events to learn more about the healing retreats that we offer at our nutrition and detox wellness center and to get a copy of our latest book titled eat real to heal of course Lastly, if you want one of us to do the cooking for you, just come visit us at the Green Mustache Organic Cafe in your neighborhood.